Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Wednesday edition of the program. Glad to have you with us. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. A couple programming notes to begin the hour. Number one, I've been told we do not have a show on Thursday, tomorrow, because of a Bats day game. Pre-game coverage will begin in the 11 a.m. hour. So we will not have a live show tomorrow. We'll be back with you on Friday. Also, Silver Creek Baseball. We will have Silver Creek in the semi-state from League Stadium down in Huntingburg on Saturday. The semifinal game will take place at 2 p.m. Eastern. I do know that game will be broadcast here on the Big X if Silver Creek wins, and we sure hope they do, and move on to an 8 p.m. championship game on Sunday night. We'll have to figure out what we're going to do there because we do have Bats Baseball coming up on Saturday night. So just a little bit of a programming reminder. No show Thursday, and we're all set for the Silver Creek semifinal game Saturday afternoon here on the Big X. I'll be there with P.K. Falkenstein on the call. Let's take a look at the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, we're switching things up today. Dustin Dopierak of the Indianapolis Star is going to stop by. We'll talk IU basketball. We'll talk the NBA draft and more with Dustin when he's with us. He's got a media deal at 11.30, and so we needed to squeeze him on early today. Later in the show, we'll catch up on some headlines of the day. And I tell you what, there's been a lot of college commitments, a couple football commitments here recently. The IU women got a commitment as well. We'll update you on all of those things and some other headlines around IU basketball and more coming up later today. And we'll wrap things up in the third segment today with Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. Josh is always with me as we talk the latest in local sports. We'll preview Silver Creek in the semi-state. We will talk a few other local things as high school sports wraps up for the season. Uh, And uh, a lot more with Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, coming up here a little bit later in the hour. That's the lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Also, Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. That is the Thornton's text line. You can send a question. A comment, you can sound off whatever you've got, a question for Dustin, a question on local sports for Josh, 502-414-1450. If you're looking for an icy cold thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction, right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today 
and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's. Uh, let's get right to Dustin Dopirak, who is with us Wednesdays as we talk the latest with IU basketball, college hoops, uh, even a little NBA draft this time of year and more. Dustin, glad to have you today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me on early. Well, your Pacers uh, coverage is your beat, so let's start with the Pacers. Trace Jackson Davis with a workout this week for the in-state NBA franchise. I mentioned this yesterday with Mike Schumann, but I'll ask you point blank. Is there any chance at all that where the Pacers picks are at and where Trace has been projected to go, and I know that's late first round and early second round according to who you listen to, is there any chance that he could actually land with the Pacers? There's a chance. Uh, I don't want to rule it out. I mean, I don't want to make everybody too uh, optimistic about that. Uh, obviously, at the moment, they have the 26th pick, the 29th pick, and the 32nd pick on top of the 7th. Um, so that's right in the range where Trace Jackson Davis would get picked, and I'm actually starting to see some mock drafts with him in there. Um, so, But a couple caveats to that. Number one, uh, the Pacers do not intend to keep and make all of those picks, um, mostly because Basically, Kevin Pritchard said, I, I don't want to bring in five rookies. It's a team that's young enough as is. Uh, you know, basically, like, I think out of, what, 17 guys last year, I think 13, maybe 12 were 25 or under. Um, so you're already, you've are already you already got a very young team, and you've got young guys that are already taking minutes away from each other um, and making it harder for each of them to develop. I think the way Kevin Pritchard described it when he talked to us, really, the first time he said, you know, I'm not making all those picks was when Miles Turner got his extension. Uh, we, you know, still the print guys got to talk to him, um, and he said, you know, I, we, we're probably not going to make all those. We're almost definitely not going to make all those. Just that's too many rookies to bring in on a team that's young enough already. Um, so you got to presume some of those picks are going to move. But uh, there is a chance that if they make, say, one of those that they pick Trace. Um, the other caveat reason why they wouldn't, though, is that if they see him as a small ball center, they already have two small ball centers as backups to Miles Turner, as is Jalen Smith. Um, and uh, Isaiah Jackson. You can make the argument that Trace is a better all-around player. Certainly had a better college career uh, than those guys. So they each have, you know, kind of their own attributes that are solid. And Jalen Smith probably is, is, you know, came into the NBA as a more um, uh, accomplished shooter, obviously outside shooter than Trace Jackson Davis. Uh, and Isaiah Jackson is as good of an athlete as Trace is. Uh, Isaiah's got real bounce. Uh, it's, it's really next level. There's a difference in vertical leap between him and Trace. Um, so basically those are guys that they're not necessarily ready to keep, keep give up on. I think they're both they're like Jalen, I think it's 23 and Isaiah might be, I, I think Isaiah just turned 21. Um, so those guys are real young and they're interested in, in seeing how they develop. Um, and toward the end of the year, those guys were having a hard time getting minutes, uh, behind Turner. Um, and they also had Daniel Tice who they were trying to work in and get minutes. I imagine they'll probably try to move Tice, uh, this off season, but, um, that's still just a bit of a logjam there. I mean, they really got to believe in him as a power forward, and they're probably going to draft a power, power forward in that, in that number seven spot if they make the pick there. Um, and um, also, you know, they still have Jordan Nora, who, who more fits uh, what the archetype of a power forward is now uh, in the NBA. He's kind of a 3-4 type. He could play both of those positions, but a guy who's the kind of combust outside shooter uh, and scorer and ball handler. I mean, you can even put him as the ball handler in the pick and roll. Uh, but he's big enough to defend power forward. So I, I don't know that there's a clear, obvious place for trade, especially if they see him as a center. Um, and I, where I see, I think there's a lot of places for him elsewhere in the league. I mean, I, I do think um, he really fits well. His personality fits well. Uh, his skill set fits well. But I think the Pacers might just have too many guys in his position to bring him in. 
All right, interesting stuff. Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star. He's a Pacers beat writer, so he's on top of this stuff. NBA draft, while we're on it, I know it's kind of a common topic on the show these days, but any thoughts on where Jalen hood Shafino may go? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm seeing him in mock drafts move higher and higher. Because I think uh, the last one I saw was the Raptors, I think it's 13, I want to say. Um, and I think that'd be a great place for him, too. I think it seems like they're going to move on from Fred Van Vliet. Um, and, and, and not only that, I mean, the Raptors look like they're kind of uh, hitting the reset button. Uh, here there's a chance they might move Siakam, too. Um, so they're going to be in a position where they're looking to kind of start over. And Luchifino could be in a, in a position uh, where he could be the lead guard on a team that's, you know, just sort of hitting the reset button, becoming young again, um, and, and trying to rebuild itself. Obviously, they're going to have a new coach with Nick Nurse moving on. Um, so they're just they're into kind of flipping this thing, and that wouldn't be a bad place for him to go. Uh, also seen, seen him linked to the Miami Heat and some other mock drafts. I think that's a good fit for him. They don't necessarily, uh, well, as, as good as they are, uh, they don't necessarily have a uh, superstar point guard, um, and I think he could play into that position. Obviously, Gabe Benson's done uh, just fine as an undrafted guy. He shot the ball really, really well. Uh, but having somebody there that can really break down his defense, you know, get, get to the mid-range, get to the rim, you know, hit some threes on top of that, that'd be a nice uh, piece for them. Uh, to add and obviously, you know, be a, be a good place for him to go to be part of that, uh, you know, a championship culture. Obviously, they haven't won a title with this group, um, but have, you know, it's second time in the finals, uh, and, you know, it looks like they're going to give Denver a game. Uh, you know, they're, they're not get, looking to get blown out uh, by this Nuggets team that was rolling through everybody, so that could be another uh, really good, healthy place for him to go. But it seems like somewhere in the 12 to 20 range, so late lottery or, uh, but in, in the top 20, in a place where he's a priority. You know, he's not going to be uh, one of those late first-round guys that's, you know, even going to a place like Indiana, well, he, he'll be one of several rookies. Uh, he'll be the priority rookie, a priority rookie wherever he goes uh, and, and, and have the chance to go to a team that's, that's winning, that's at least, you know, uh, late playoffs or playing round uh, type of team. Uh, so I think that's going to set him up pretty nicely. I think that's good for him. I don't know that you, like, He's in a position you need to throw a bad franchise on his shoulders, uh, but I do think it's a good place for him to go if he's going to be on a team that's already done some winning and, and needs to take another step. Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star, my guest. Let's get into IU basketball. I don't know for sure, but IU's getting really close on having their entire team on campus. Uh, maybe one or two new faces still due to report for the first time to Bloomington and begin, I assume, a lot of off-season workouts and training, open gyms, skill development, all the things that you expect that happen somewhat behind the scenes in the summer. So nowadays, you know, early June, that's when most college students that are going to play sports report to campus so they can get a jump start, not just on the basketball work and the training, but also the summer school work that it takes to get ahead and be a student while you're also a college athlete, Matt requires, as we all know, so much time. So, Dustin, we're close to getting this IU team on campus, it seems. Yeah, no, it seems like they mostly are. I think um, the, um, they, they put out one of their strength training videos yesterday. It seemed like everybody was there. Um, saw, you know, Devin Falkell Elware, Peyton Sparks. Um, I think I saw him back low. Um, definitely Kell Elware. Um, so, yeah, I mean, obviously it's a, a pretty significant reset. Uh, for this roster between the transfers uh, and and the freshmen, Jakai Newton, I know was was there, uh, you know, in the picture. So you got uh, you know one of those brief two or three minute videos that you've been seeing from IU on various things for the last few years. Obviously, is uh, 
they build up that social media team and they build up that video team and take advantage of the opportunities, uh, you know, for exposure on social media. But it seemed like a lot of those guys, uh, you know, seemed to, you know, they were obviously doing some working out, doing some lifting, doing some leaping and, and all that kind of deal. Uh, and so you got to see just a little bit of how those guys move. I mean, it's, there was like kind of a really smooth uh, leap you saw Kelly Ware make, and he looks he looks really slick. So they're, they're yeah, they're getting everybody on campus, getting everybody started. And obviously for this team, uh, it's going to take a lot as far as the chemistry piece is concerned. Obviously, there's going to be some guys that have played before uh, in college basketball, and it'll be easier for them to uh, get in and assimilate. But um, you know, a lot of guys with a lot of new roles, uh, a, a lot of new situations. You know, get a lot of transfers. That, that's a significant number of new faces uh, to be bringing in there. So uh, they're going to have to get used to it. And obviously, so this summer is going to be really important and, and developing uh, a chemistry that fits, developing roles that fit, you know, guys just learning how to react to each other and, and play off of each other. It's going to be really interesting with this team how uh, all those roles kind of manifest. Dustin, as you look at new faces, whether it's an incoming freshman or someone coming into Bloomington from the transfer portal, who do you think could have the most impact based on what we know as fans and media at this point? Who do you think could have the most impact on the roster of the team next season? Well, it's got to be Ware just because, I mean, obviously he was a, a top 10 recruiter. or I, that top, I, he, he was top 10, right? Obviously yes. a top two transfer uh, coming in. Obviously huge skill set there. Didn't necessarily produce at that level as a freshman at Oregon, but um, obviously there's just a, a ton of talent and upside there with, with between the size, the fluidity, the ability to shoot the ball from outside, uh, at least at a halfway decent clip. Um, you know, there's there's a big opportunity there, and obviously he, he stepped into the role that's vacated by you know your best player in all American. So I mean he, he's certainly in a position where he has the biggest. Uh, early opportunity to make an impact, but I don't know that there's anybody who doesn't. I mean, obviously, in back bow, uh, is, is going to have a chance to make a huge impact right away, step in. Um, you know, I think uh, certainly he's got a chance to win a starting spot in three. You have to imagine you get a player like that, he's got to get the opportunity. Uh, you know, Peyton Sparks is going to have a chance to get on the floor immediately. Uh, you know, and, and Newton and, and Cup uh, are a big deal, too, I think. Um, you know, Cups in particular is going to be your backup point guard. You don't really have anybody else tested. It's that area. I mean, Galloway is, is shown that he can handle it from time to time, but that's not where he is most comfortable uh, running the one. He's going to be, you know, more comfortable running the two, and you got to imagine that Galloway is going to be a big piece of what they do, and probably will start the two. Um, but Cups is going to be asked, I think, play a lot of minutes right away. Um, you know, if, if there's going to be any um, uh, issue with Johnson coming back, maybe not. You know, from a conditioning, yeah, I'm sure conditioning will be fine by then. But I don't know if there'll be any, um, you know, anything lingering. Uh, there with X, but you're going to have to start building Gabe Cups to be your point guard of the future. Uh, obviously, Johnson is done after this year, regardless of what happens. Um, so I think all of those guys have an opportunity to make a big impact, uh, but Ware certainly is the most uh, most talented and steps in the position where they have the, the biggest hole. Talking with Dustin Dopirak, he's with the Indianapolis Star and joins us Wednesdays here on the program. You know, looking at things for next season, there are some interesting newcomers. You did a great job of kind of rolling through a lot of them and maybe what the expectations could be for next season. But I'm really curious to see something else that I read recently. I think it was Zach Osterman, your co-worker at the Star, that uh, had some comments from Xavier Johnson when he was down here in southern Indiana at Huber's. He talked about Indiana maybe being a more athletic team next season, which is interesting because, um, you know, Trace Jackson Davis, obviously an athletic guy, but Johnson in his quote uh, went on to say that he thought Kellel Ware 
obviously very athletic as well. Seven-footer, can jump out of the gym, spread the floor out and shoot is how, and I'm paraphrasing here, how Xavier Johnson described Kello, where is it possible that this Indiana roster, this team, could be more athletic next season? It's possible. Um, you know, I, I, and, and obviously that's not all there is. It, you know, certainly skill is, is a big piece of that. Experience is a big piece of success and everything like that. I mean, like, if where's the more athletic guy than Jackson Davis, then that, that obviously starts you on that track. But, you know, Jackson Davis found ways, you know, figured out how to score at the college level and do it basically at will. Um, and so where's got a, lot, a long ways to go to be able to do that. But, you know, Jackson Davis is run the floor as well as everybody. Maybe you run a little bit faster. Uh, and he obviously kind of starts that train. Um, you know, Johnson obviously himself uh, is super-duper fast. I mean, I think you know, it's good. It, Hood Shafino is probably – uh, a better all-around player certainly has a better all-around uh, NBA uh, type skill set in terms of his ability to play beyond the college level. But speed end to end with the basketball, Johnson's probably faster. Um, actually, I'd, I'd be shocked if he is. Uh, if, if you just put the ball in their hand and you know end to end, you know up and back time it, I bet you Johnson wins. Um, so that means they can play a little faster. Obviously, Galloway uh, is is one of their most you know fastest athletic players who, who's sticking around. Um, that being said, who's Jordan Geronimo? I mean, that was a freak athlete. For as much as I don't think he uh, performed up to his capacity, um, you know, that guy was wild uh, from, you know, just vertical leap and wingspan and speed and everything like that. I mean, the fact, I'm, I'm still shocked it didn't come together for him last year after two really good years prior to that. Um, you know, I, I, you, you probably get a little faster maybe with, with Queen Sparks. Um, and um, who else am I forgetting? Um Malik Renew, uh, you know, obviously is a, is a really good athlete. Um, you know, so they're going to have uh, four and five guys who can really run, and Backlow is going to be a really good athlete. You can put it in three. Uh, they have a chance to really play fast. Uh, they, they do all, all in all. Um, it's just, I mean, the bigger question is what are they going to be like when, when the game slows down a little bit and they do have to play in the half court? Uh, do they have the guys who can put the ball in the bucket and do it, um, you know, do it consistently? Uh, that's kind of the bigger question for them, I think. They're going to be able to run in, in the early early parts of the season. They're going to be able to play fast um, and score the basketball when you get deeper into the season. All right, Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star with us in the first segment today. What you got at noon, something with the NBA draft with a workout, or what did you say it was, Dustin? Yeah, Taylor Hentz, so they're uh, doing two individual workouts today. Um, basically, they've been doing all these individual like group workouts and individual workouts for, for the kind of higher – uh, priority guys that, that, that are really you know, they're really looking after that seven spot. They're giving them individual workouts. Uh, so we get Taylor Hendricks today at 1130 uh, and Jairus Walker at 230. I mean, Hendricks is working out right now. We'll get to talk to him uh, at 1130, and then we get Jairus Walker later in the day. Two really interesting prospects for the Pacers, uh, guys who really fit that power forward spot, and guys who can really, really defend, and they obviously need a lot of defense. Uh, on this team, they were 29th in the league in points allowed. Um, so they got to get better there. And so these are two guys, two interesting guys to watch uh, as far as you know who they're going to take is concerned. All right, good stuff, Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star. Dustin, we appreciate you. Thanks for juggling around today, so we can still get you. Uh, thanks for juggling me. Appreciate it. Absolutely, Dustin, always with us on Wednesdays. If you don't read Dustin's work at IndyStar.com/sports, you should. Uh, he's basically how I kept up with the Pacers all season long, and uh, he's uh, very educated on things with the IU and other things in our state and a great guest here on our program each Wednesday. He's been with us now for a number of years. Uh, that's segment one in the books. We're kind of reversing things today. We'll be back in just a few minutes with some headlines and take a look at uh, some of the news of the day, some recruiting news out there, 
Also, a couple other headlines that we'll mention. I saw an interesting thing on the top college basketball budgets, and so we'll discuss that as well here in just a moment. Stay with us uh, on the Hoosier Report. Don't forget the Thornton's text line is open. That number is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Love to hear from you. Love to get your questions and comments. We'll get them on the air today. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Wednesday edition of the program. Let's take a look at some headlines today. We had Dustin Dopirak in segment one, so we're flipping things up here on this Wednesday program. And still ahead, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, will join us in the second segment today. Top 20 NCAA men's basketball budgets. Number one is Duke at $28 million dollars the budget for Duke men's basketball. That is not surprising to me at all. I was surprised. Connecticut second, $24.1 million per year. This is fiscal year 2022, by the way. And then uh, Kentucky third, no surprise, $22.7 million. Here's one that is surprising. Louisville is fourth with a budget of $21.9 million budget for the Cardinals. That is absolutely crazy. Where is Indiana on the list? They are on down just a bit. The Hoosiers at $15.9 million per year. They are tied with UT Tennessee right there at $15.9 as well. Uh, counting back, I'd say Indiana's about uh, eighth or ninth in the overall budgets. In the Big Ten Conference, the uh, highest budget of a Big Ten team, uh, Michigan State, $16.7 million, and right behind them, Maryland at $16.4 million. Then you've got Xavier, 16.1, and then you get to Indiana and Tennessee at 15.9. So that is interesting. As far as conference averages go, as of the 22 fiscal year, the Big East uh, was the best average at $13.5 million per team per school. Uh, the SEC, $12.7 million. The ACC right behind at $12.4 million. And it's the Big Ten in fourth place at an average of $11.3 million per team. So that gives you a rundown on the financial world of college basketball. Of course, that's just the athletic department budget related to men's basketball. I'm sure there are some different ways you could add to that or look at that, but that is the uh, average put together by a writer on Twitter I saw. So take it for what it's worth. It is interesting to look at the numbers. And uh, Duke, you can see maybe it's been worth it. Connecticut national champion. Kentucky having some issues, putting a lot of money into their program still. Louisville has been rock bottom and putting out $21.9 million per year. Pretty interesting to see. Also, Vanderbilt, $13.6 million per year. Another school that stands out as one that just hadn't met expectations uh, really ever. 
college basketball to put out that kind of financial budget. One other headline I want to mention, Flory Badunga of Kokomo. Uh, boy, he had a big-time week over the weekend and last week out at the Pangos All-American Camp in Las Vegas. He was named the co-MVP of the camp. And I saw a Peaks.com story. If you're a subscriber, you can read it. But basically, it sounds like Badunga would prefer to make a college decision this summer and he may not do like other recruits. He may not announce his finalist and his final three and his final two and have some big ceremony. He might just pick where he wants to go and make a decision, make an announcement then. And I respect that. It's uh, gotten out of control in some ways how some of this recruiting stuff breaks down and how the actual announcements are made. But Dunga, though, he's had official visits recently to Michigan and Kansas. He's had four unofficial visits to Indiana, which I think bodes well for the Hoosiers. Auburn, Florida, Cincinnati have also uh, received unofficial visits from Badunga. And then I know that uh, Duke is involved as well now. So another big-time player getting involved with Flory Badunga of Kokomo. And he was just down in Jeffersonville over the weekend for the Indiana-Kentucky Junior game. But he's the number three player in the 2024 class, according to 247 Sports. And he also told Jeff Rabjohns he doesn't necessarily believe for sure that he's a one-and-done player. He could be a multi-year uh, college basketball player, which would be outstanding as well. So huge name for Mike Woodson and the staff, an in-state name, and we'll see how Indiana ultimately fares. But they've had him on campus a lot. Seemed to be a good relationship both ways with Badunga. And ultimately, if Indiana could somehow get a commitment from him at some point this summer, uh, you want to talk about excitement that's there with this team for the upcoming year based on some commitments and transfer portal gets by the staff. Badunga would send that to a whole other level, especially landing an in-state player. So that will be interesting to see. NBA mock draft, I saw another one come out uh, from CBS Sports. And it uh, looks like, I'm trying to get it up here, I had it pulled up in front of me, looks like Trace Jackson Davis, Projected to be a second-round pick, according to this one, and number 13 is where Jalen hood Shafino is at. So that meets up pretty well with what Dustin Dopirak uh, of the Indianapolis Star told us in the first segment today. A couple IU football commitments to mention. In-state defensive back Christian Peterson. He's the second commit uh, of the day yesterday for this Indiana football program. We'll tell you who the first was here in just a second. But Peterson, six foot, 180 pounds. He's from Carmel High School. And obviously, I think I mentioned this, a defensive back. Also committing yesterday from another in-state program was, uh, I don't know if I can say this name or not, Ademola Ajani. I believe it's how you say his last name at least, Ajani from Speedway. Six foot four, 275 pounds standout. Uh, he becomes, and of course, Peterson become the sixth and seventh commitments of the 2024 class. Uh, Johnny had a lot of interest. He chose IU over offers from Duke, Louisville, West Virginia, and a whole bunch of other mid-major programs as well, but said he developed a great connection with Coach Allen and the IU offensive line coach, Coach Bob Bostad, and ultimately picked the Hoosiers. So big recruiting day the last couple days for Indiana. They reeled in some additional commitments in the 2024 class, which has really been off to a slow start. Also, the IU women with a commitment yesterday. Sydney Finn, she committed to Indiana. She is from Buffalo, New York. She plays high school basketball out in Arizona at a prep school, but she picked the Hoosiers over offers from Pittsburgh, Cornell, Vermont, and others. So Indiana getting a addition for 
the women's program yesterday as well. So I'll look at some headlines today. Don't forget Silver Creek in the regional, excuse me, semi-state baseball coming up on Saturday. I'm so confused with the regionals going to one game. The semi-state are now two games, so when I see the two games, I immediately are I think of a, a regional round like it used to be. But uh, the semi-state this weekend at League Stadium for Silver Creek, and I mentioned earlier today we'll have that broadcast here on the Big X at 2 p.m. Eastern time. Silver Creek will take on Evansville Memorial. Understand Memorial, very solid team. It should be a challenge for Silver Creek. The other semifinal game, Bishop Chittard from Indianapolis and Tri-West Hendricks. Silver Creek, if they could win and muster through that opening game, they would get the winner of Chittard and Hendricks in the championship game at 8 p.m. from Southridge on Saturday night. Regardless, we'll have all the Silver Creek games the rest of the way, and that 2 p.m. semifinal will be here on the Big X, and we'll see how things go with the championship, but it very likely will be on another station coming up on Saturday night. South semi-states this weekend, Plainfield, Southridge, and Huntingburg, Mooresville, and Jasper all hosting semi-state games this weekend. But after everybody got eliminated last week, Borden in 1A, Providence was upset in 2A, and of course Jeff lost to a really good Castle team and pitcher on Saturday. All of our local teams are out. It's just Silver Creek left, and we'll see if the Dragons and Joe Decker's final year could find a way through the semi-state through these two games and get to a one-game state championship coming up a week from this Saturday at Victory Field in Indianapolis. We'll head to a commercial break. We'll be back with Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. Stay with us. We've got local sports coming up. We'll get Josh's thoughts on the Dragons in the semi-state round this week. Also, the News and Tribune News and uh, Sports Performance Awards, the yearly awards, are coming up later this month. We'll give Josh a chance to preview those, tell you about some of the finalists. It's always a first-class way to wrap up high school sports for the year here in southern Indiana. And Josh Cook of the News and Tribune is with us next here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Wednesday edition of the program. The Thornton's text line is open. That number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, with me Wednesdays in this segment as we talk the latest in local sports. And, Josh, we better take it in this week with Silver Creek Baseball because high school sports slowly coming to an end for this school year. The Dragons are the last team still alive here in our postseason tournaments. That's right. That's right. It's uh, it's going by actually fairly fast now at this point. But yeah, it's it's almost over, and uh, Silver Creek trying to trying to keep uh, Joe Decker coaching for uh, another another week or two maybe, and uh, you know get to the state championship if they win two games on Saturday. So that would uh, that would really be a great way for Joe to go out. Um, but yeah, 
it should be, I'm sure it'll be a tough weekend or a tough, a tough Saturday, you know, but, uh, you know, the league stadium is a familiar face to Silver Creek. They've had uh, some success there and they won last year in the regional there. They won two games, so maybe they can carry that over to, to this Saturday there too. Absolutely. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. Can they get through the regional? It's a good Evansville Memorial team down at League Stadium. They'll take on at 2 p.m. And if Silver Creek could win that one, Bishop Chittard from Indianapolis or Tri-West Hendricks, it would be one of those two in the championship game on Saturday night. What do you know about those ball clubs that Silver Creek could meet up with on Saturday? Yeah, to be honest with you, not, not, a, whole, not a whole lot. But, uh, you know, at this point, you just uh, you just got to rely on your pitching. Um, you know, Preston Burton pitched great last weekend for uh, last Saturday for Silver Creek, and you know I'm sure he'll be he'll be pitching again Saturday. Uh, you know I don't know if it'll be the first game or possibly the second game, but I would imagine the first game. But uh, you know it's going to come down to, to pitching and who who's got the best uh, the best arms in, on Saturday at League Stadium. Uh, you know at Silver Creek um, you know has some other guys they can throw and. You know, I'm sure they're just trying to win that first game, and then if they win that first game, then they'll they'll uh, go from there and, and uh, you know try to try to win it. But uh, the big thing the big thing with Silver Creek this year is you know not uh, um, uh, their their road to the finals anyway is there's no big big stud pitching arm I don't think in front of them like there has been what they had one last year and. Uh, um, the Duke, and uh, then you know, a couple years ago when they made it to the state finals, they ran into another another kid who had a great arm who was going to Vanderbilt. Uh, so um, you know, I don't think there's quite that that uh, you know Major League Baseball draft uh, kind of talent in front of them uh, arm wise. So you know, it might be uh, might be a good time for Silver Creek to kind of kind of go into the radar a little bit. Well, not really into the radar. I guess they're sixth in the state uh, in ranking wise, but. Uh, you know, to kind of make their way into the state finals again. All right, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. You can read his work in the print edition each day of the paper and, of course, newsandtribune.com slash sports. Speaking of Major League Baseball talent, Drew Ellis, we've all been keeping an eye on him. He had two home runs in a game earlier this week. He had a foul ball home run that I saw in the game before that. He's really been hitting it well for the Phillies. I wonder what his future and longevity could be staying in the major leagues now. Yeah, definitely. Uh, he's definitely seeing the ball well, that's for sure. And he's definitely hitting it well, uh, too. So that's that's great. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure as far as his uh, longevity. You know, he went up uh, because somebody got uh, somebody went on the injured list. So, you know, we'll see. Maybe if he can, he can hit the ball well enough to, to earn a spot up there and maybe stay there for for uh, you know weeks, months, you know that's the, that's the goal. That's the that's the hope is that he you know stays up there for weeks, months, or the rest of the season. So you know he's the way he's hitting. Hopefully he can uh, he can do that. You know, uh, and he had and it's just, uh, it just that's one of the gay kind of games you dream of. I guess he had Sunday. It was a couple home runs. Uh, you know, three RBIs, walked twice, scored four times. So that. That was great, and uh, yeah, hopefully he keeps that going. And uh, you know, who knows? Before before long, we might have some other uh, major leaguers from Southern Indiana. Hopefully, absolutely. Talking with Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, as we uh, close out this Wednesday edition of the program. Josh, you know, it's time to start thinking a little bit ahead about high school football. 
I know that you're always working ahead to the next season. Um, maybe an overview, what you expect in football here in our area. Is there a team or two that should be the front runner based on returning talent or the finish of last season? I'd say Providence has probably got the most uh, returning talent. And, uh, you know, they've only, they only graduated maybe three or four seniors uh, this year. So pretty much um, most of their team will be back next year, uh, you know, especially all the skilled guys. They lose a couple linemen but uh, and, and uh, you know, a linebacker. But, um, you know, they are really, uh, really going to be talented next year. And, uh I think they're really uh, they could really make some noise. Obviously, they, you know they they lost to the uh, eventual state champion in Class A in, in uh, Indianapolis Lutheran uh, last year. But uh, I don't know what Lutheran has coming back. But I'm sure they'll they'll continue to be uh, kind of a roadblock for you know they'll, they'll be one of the teams um, you know in the statewide that they'll they'll have Providence would have to contend with. But uh, you know I really like Providence's chances to to win another sectional title and. Uh, you know, maybe maybe go on a little bit further than that. Um, after that, you know, um, Charlestown loses some guys, but they've got you know Clay McClellan come back to their quarterback. So, you know, they'll still have um, um, you know Charlestown still be pretty good, and they lose. You know, Clay loses both of his big receivers, Andrew Morris and Jake Otters back, and, and some of the line too. But you know, they should still have some talent there where they can they can they can be pretty good. Um, and then, you know, uh, I expect, uh, you know, some of the other teams to be improved. Uh, you know, Floyd Central, definitely. Uh, you know, Albany, Jeff, I think they should, they should all be improved, really. So it could be a, it could be a good year for football. You know, it is, it is a few months off, but heck, uh, like we said, it'll, like you said, it'll be here before we know it. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. Josh, uh, Netsby time, News and Tribune annual sports performance awards I've always coined it as a first-class way to close out the high school sports year, which each and every year is so good in this area. We have so many good coaches, teams, individual athletes, and you guys do a great job of recognizing the best of the best and bringing it all together to close out the season. Uh, Let's talk about that. Tell us the date, the details, and some of the awards that are up for grabs coming up here later this month. Heck yeah! Uh, two weeks from from yesterday, actually, it'll be June twentieth at uh, at Eastside Christian Church in Jeff, where it's been for um, you know the last several years, um, uh, as far as I as far as I remember, you know, uh, other than COVID, where where it's been. So, you know, it, it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be a great night. We're you know going to have uh, um, you know all of our all of our regular awards, you know, for for players of the year in, in each each respective sport, and then. You know, we'll have some other awards like uh, Team of the Year, Coach of the Year, you know, overall Boys and Girls Player of the Year. It's, uh, you know, it's really a, a fun uh, fun evening. Uh, we've got, you know, former league, uh, for, excuse me, former Major League player, uh, Renana Barron, uh, coming in to talk for us. And uh, that's, that's going to be, we're excited about that too. And, you know, hopefully we have a great crowd. You know, it's a free event open to the public so everybody can come on out. It starts at, uh, well, the doors open at 530 and then the program starts at 630. So, you know, anybody who wants to come out and support uh, these local high school athletes are more than welcome to come out and, uh, you know, have a good time. All right, good stuff. Josh Cook, sports editor, News and Tribune. Again, newsandtribune.com slash sports or, of course, the daily print edition of the paper. Josh, thank you. Always appreciate the time, the insight, and we'll catch up again next Wednesday. 
Uh, sounds good, Matt. Thanks so much. And uh, we've still got some some uh, regional golf tomorrow, uh, weather permitting, at uh, Champions Point, and we've got some some girls tennis players still going on too. Riley Trinkle and some girls at uh, uh, Floyd Central who are also competing in the state tournament this weekend. So good luck to all of them. Absolutely. Thank you for mentioning those golfers as well. And that's going to wrap up this Wednesday program. A couple reminders for you. Silver Creek Baseball coming up on Saturday. Myself and P.K. Falkenstein will be down at Historic League Stadium. What a fun place. I've been able to broadcast from so many neat locations here in Indiana uh, when you think about all the great facilities we have. But never have got – I've been to a lot of games at League Stadium. Never have gotten a broadcast there. So really looking forward to being out there, uh, seeing Silver Creek play and broadcasting the game with PK on Saturday. We'll be on the air about 1.50 from League Stadium in Huntingburg. If Silver Creek wins that first game, which will be on the Big X, we'll have to tell you where it's going to be on the radio. We'll shuffle some things around and likely be on a sister station for the Saturday evening broadcast. So that's coming up. Also, don't forget to check us out as a podcast. If you missed the live show, you can always find us on demand. We're available just about anywhere that you might listen to podcasts. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison, and you'll find us there. And again, that's available to you on demand. You go back and listen to a segment, an entire show, something from years ago, whatever it is, you'll find, find us there if you search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Have a great Wednesday. A reminder, we do not have a Thursday show because of Bats Baseball during the day. The pregame coverage of that Bats game tomorrow will begin in the 11 o'clock hour, so that's going to knock us out of having a live show tomorrow. So I will talk to you next again on Friday, and then, of course, down at League Stadium on Saturday. Have a great Wednesday. A little rainy out there. Stay dry, and we'll talk with you Friday here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.